It's incredible. It's crazy. You know that mommy is for caring. Mommy is for giving hope to people. Mommy is for uplifting people. And he does the same. And he's only just four. Welcome to Shotgun Story, the podcast that has conversations with indie creators about music, meaning, and the point of it all, so that you may be inspired by the journeys of other artists who are doing it for themselves, and maybe gain a little more understanding as to why it matters quite so much that you keep creating. There is so much to understand about what it means to have a career as an independent artist. And when you add children to the mix, it can become a little more complex. To help keep you creating, we're excited to bring you this 10-part series, focusing particularly on being a parent in the music industry. This project is made possible with support from the Music in Africa Foundation, the German Federal Foreign Office, Siemens Stiftung and Goethe Institute. As a musician and a parent, I know firsthand some of the challenges faced, and so these conversations have been really eye-opening. Join me now as I chat to Buyasiwe Njoko from Sunclair Experiment. And remember to go to shotkantori.com for bonus behind-the-scenes content from today's episode, as well as to explore the other conversations in this series. Buyasiwe Njoko is a mom a writer, a songwriter, a philosopher, a teacher, a free thinker, a humanitarian who believes in liberty, and the vocalist of Sun Cloud Experiment. And she's in studio with us today for this new series on parents in the music industry. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad that I get a chance to actually sit down and really have this chat. Yay! I'm very excited. Let's do this. Why music? What do you hear? Music, I think for me personally, has always been a calling. To come to think of it right now, 33 years later in my life, I realized that I chose the right path. I am where I am supposed to be right now because I felt like if I didn't choose music, I wouldn't be touching people's life. Because as a child and growing up, I knew that I wanted to impact people's life in one way or another, but I didn't know how to do it. So as a little kid, I had visions of, one dream, I remember I was in grade seven, which was standard five back then. Yeah, don't be fooled by the looks. <laughs> <laughs> when I was doing grade seven, which was standard five back then in 2000, well, in 1999, if I'm not mistaken. I remember our class teacher came through in class. I was like, okay, everybody, now I'm going to ask you, since you all have an idea, at least, what would you like to be when you grow up? A lot of kids came up, they stood up. The other one said, want to be a soldier. Another one said, want to be a doctor, a policeman. And then come up, we see when Jogo, who gets up and stand with so much pride and was sure of myself. I wanted to be a nun. Wow. Did you go to a <laughs> I was brought up through Catholic faith because mm-hmm. of my parents. Uh, my dad was under, you know, us black people, we even have little organizations within the religion. Yeah. So within the Roman Catholic religion, there's low houses or we have men who are under Josepha. You know, I'm saying that because that's the language we use. And then my mom is under the Sacred Heart type of movement within the Roman Catholic umbrella. So I grew up in a church and I'm looking at nuns and I was like, they're doing amazing things. They're helping people. I want to help. That's what I wanted to do. And I grew up and 
I fell in love with music. And I always say my first memory of music is when it's actually my dad's voice. There's a person who sang for me. So even if I close my eyes right now, I'll hear his voice. It rings. I remember it as a very, very early age. I think probably I was around three yeah. when I heard somebody sing. But I've always had the love for music. I grew up, went to school, went to varsity, studied politics and philosophy, even though I wanted to do accounting because I was good at it. But I left that. My mind was opened up when I, I was first introduced to politics. I realized like, oh my God, I didn't know that the world was just controlled by the elite. Just a few. Ah, That was a, a different portal that opened up for me. That portal was like, oh no, what about the rest of us? That means we don't have a voice. How are we going to speak? How are we going to say the things that you want to say? But then we live in a space whereby everybody's being watched by what did you say? What Whatever you say, it might institute something else or it might influence maybe something else. So like instead of just talking and be blunt, let me just use the art to be expressive. So what I love about music is the ambiguity sometimes, the metaphor, the proverbs hidden behind music. So I was like, no, I need to use this weapon. And I didn't realize I had a voice until I really opened up my mouth and started singing and harnessing that. And the more I sang, the more I found myself. So music literally chose me. The more I sang, the more I found myself. So I am at my most happiest space because right now I'm still singing. Amazing. (laughs) I love that. When did you join the band? I was there from day one. I was the one who literally pushed Lebohang, who is our manager, pushed Utebucho, who plays the guitar, the acoustic guitar, to actually buy a machine. Well, I bought it for them to mix two amazing artists. This is how the band started. So both of them, they both producers. Mm -hmm. So I bought them a machine. I think it was a pressing pad. I don't know what what that is. They know the number and the version. I have no idea what it is. (laughs) So they wanted to mix Sandra, an American artist, an avant-garde artist, was a pianist, and then mix him with another amazing South African artist called Ndiko Kaba. See? Son? Santa, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> when we fused the Sandra and Ndiko Kaba, we felt, no, this thing needs to be called something. Then it became Santa. It was just Santa with mixing those two individuals. But the idea grew bigger. Is like, because we can't really get rights to continue with the music that we just made by fusing these two, how about we make an experiment out of it? And then that was the inception of the band because we realized that two people cannot push this. They're like, we, you can sing. I was like, yeah, I can. They're like, okay. They were like, I'm leaving the production. I'm taking up the guitar. Another one joined us in to play the keys and unfortunately left earlier whilst the band had just started. He left after 2016, after we've done the best, best performance, I think, ever in my life. We did a performance, a tribute, basically, for Ubabunde Kutlaba a few years before he passed. We did it live for him. He was there. He was there at the Center of Jazz at the UKZN in Durban at Howard College. He was there, was present, was playing his gong. He was so old. He had already been suffering from Parkinson's for years. So we met him at his late 80s and 
we just clicked with him and he fell in love with us and really took us in and made us his children. And we wanted to give him that tribute for him whilst he's still alive. I'm just happy that he experienced it and he was part of that and saw the magic that came from his music because he only left South Africa around the late 60s uh, in the height of apartheid. He left during the production of Ipindombi when they went to the US to do that theater play that played as well in Broadway. So he was not just only a pianist, there was also an artist, an activist, and somebody who was inspiring South Africa in another way. Because here in South Africa, we have a tendency of just handpicking our heroes, might it be politically, musically, but we handpick them and then forget other people who actually played a very significant role. Those are people we call as on under Sankla experiment as unsung heroes and Diko Kaba is one of those. He was a pillar, he was a catalyst, he left an imprint. That's why you're going to still and hear Sankla experiment that's like him resonating. We are not literally forgetting him. The Ka stands there. That Ka stands for Kaba. Beautiful. So now you're a mom. Yes, I'm a mom. And a musician at the same time. Yes. You have one son, hey? Yes, I have yeah. one child. He's a boy and his name is Moiketi. He's four years old. He'll tell you, no, mama, I'm Moiketi Kanyamore. Moiketi means not really extension. It's like adding more, adding more to what you already have. Yeah. And then Kanya means light. So you're adding more light. We, yeah. we named him deliberately yeah. on purpose because we very deeply rooted still in our African roots uh, in such a way that when you name somebody or name something, it's either you name it as a wish or you name it to change the situation or you can name it as well just to build a different picture. So a name has a powerful meaning when it comes to the African sense. So we named it like that because we felt like he brings so much light and it's it's crazy people are drawn to him when they see him they get that light from him he's such an amazing kid he's a caring child i'm always blown away i learn a lot from him every day i learn patience i learn compassion i learn a lot so i'm i'm just happy and honored as well to be his mom because he's such an amazing kid i'm like wow when you decided to have children were you already a musician or did that come after? I was already a musician when I had my son. Really, really trying to break through a Sunday experiment. Because I remember the first time we really played in an actual, actual festival. I was heavily pregnant. <laughs> I played at the end of 2016. We played at Smoking Dragon. Mm -hmm. That was our first, first time playing at, at a festival. Trust me, we had such an amazing time. Wow. We learned a lot with just that one festival. That one festival told us that, hey, you need to be in order. You know, you can't get on stage and just think you're just going to get there and play for how long that you like. There's a set time. You need to have your technical guy next to you. You need to have your manager next to you so that he can do the runarounds. When you as an artist, the only thing that you need to be focused on is the stage and giving your all to the audience. So we quickly realized that we need to formalize ourselves immediately by that little festival. I'm sure Ilsa Roberts, that's the owner of the Smoking Dragon Festival. I'm sure she didn't realize that she was giving us a lifelong lesson. And when we learned that that day, 
we never turn back. You can ask any festival owners who have literally interacted with us. They'll definitely tell you that Sunlight Experiment is the one most professional band. We're there on time. We don't go over the set time. We have our own technical guy who's going to make it much easier for the other technical guy who's been placed there, you know. So we're trying to have like this relationship with all the festivals and also including the technical stuff to make it more fun and more easier. You don't want to be that artist that's like, ugh, we know you're amazing, but ugh, it's very difficult to work with you. you, you know, so that. we want to be as easy as you can be. I remember when we jumped into Endless Day stage at the end of our performance in 2009, right immediately after the World Cup, after South Africa won the World Cup. I remember the stage guy at the back he was like, oh my God, you guys are so many and I can't believe how easy it was to work with you. <laughs> He was so shocked. He was so shocked. And we're like, that's how we want to keep it. And we're teaching other bands and other artists to be the same. Because I think music would be more fun if everybody was more professional. And then they give it their all and they're best on stage. Totally. And I think more people would then understand and take music seriously. So if you treat yourself professionally, they'll start realizing that even the music that you're doing is still a professional on its own. 100%. <laughs> so now... Did you have any ideas of what it would mean for your career when you decided to have a baby? You know, I'm just fortunate as well that I have a huge family. I can leave my son with his grandmother the side in Johannesburg. And then sometimes when I mean KZN, at least there's also another grandma in KZN will definitely leave him there. However, it kind of kills the movement and the momentum sometimes of the band, especially with me. I'm the lead vocalist and also the leader of the band by default, you know. So with me, having like child problems will bring a humongous toll on the band. However, like I said, having family, that's what really brought sanity to me. And I'm just grateful for that. I haven't had really such a hard time because I've got family and family understand that we have a mandate and a vision that we're pushing. And they understand the whole sense that we're doing music beyond music. Our music aims to heal. Our music aims to touch people's lives and impact people in a positive way. So it's more than just singing. It's more for calling. So you understand, you have to understand that I'm here servicing. It's not long a job. It's a service. So when I stand in front of a crowd, I'm servicing people because I put myself bay in front of them and expose my, we, we all, all individually on the band expose ourselves because we put so much energy and so much concentration on it. Then the audience receives whatever that you've given to them. <laughs> what are some of the challenges that you have faced whew, as a parent? With music, as a parent, you know, I have a dream. I would really like to take my child to a better school. Um, I would like to probably have time. Oh, my gosh. I want to have time for my son. Like, I really, really want to have time. I go out to a park. Like, today I spent just a few minutes at four ways more. And I saw a gaming arcade. I was like, oh, I didn't know that existed. No, I need to take my child here. So, the music has taken away time just to spend with him. And I feel that 
time is very important. So with all the little time that I have, trust me, I spend so much time with my son. We laugh. I tickle him. He knows that when mommy comes around, it's tickle time. So we are about to have the best of life right now. So we use that moment to release, to laugh, laugh ourselves silly. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if we do have money or you don't have money, but even if we're okay or you're not okay, but you're going to laugh ourselves silly so that we release, you know, and music has just, Continuing with music and having a child has taken that time from me paying attention to my child. But I feel like it's going to work out. It's going to work out. 100%. Mm. And now you are not a single parent. No. No. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I think I'm sane because I'm, I'm not a single parent. Yeah. Mm. The last time that we saw each other was at a show. Yes. And your son was at the show. Yes. With his dad. With his dad. Who is also your manager. Hey. Yes. Oh, I mean, it's the best. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's so amazing because we don't have to clash. He knows my schedule. Matter of fact, he's my boss. I literally follow his say. And I have so much respect for, for that incredible human being because he is one person who's able to lay his all being for somebody else, for other people. He's also another person who has the love to service people, irregardless. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he doesn't. But I like the whole fact that he gets up every day with a smile like, we we're going to do this again, you know. We, we're going to conquer today. We're going to come out victorious today. So don't worry, you know. Even if we don't win today, we're going to try again tomorrow. So I love that about him. He's a person that he inspires me. I think I wouldn't be where I am, not even I think, I'm sure. I would never be where I am if he wasn't around. He's somebody that I hold dear to my heart. And I'm glad that, oh my gosh, you even produced such an amazing kid. <laughs> That's so nice. And now we're in an industry where sex sells. Mm-hmm. And being a parent is not particularly sexy. No. Have you felt any of that impact on your career? No, I've never felt that. I'm just going to be as blunt as I can be. I think it's been my persona, the way I carry myself. So you would not even expect me to drop a dress size or make it shorter. I don't have to expose myself. I think my path is different. My path is very spiritual. My path is I'm sure of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So if you're going to come here with funny businesses, this is not the place to be playing funny business go somewhere else. <laughs> so if you're not going to understand that, oh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Even if you're not around. Yeah. So I've been straightforward. I've been frank. So I've never even found myself in a position whereby I'm at a tight position. I don't know what to do because I have to, you know, impress somebody. I don't have to impress anyone. I'm just doing this to service people. How they receive it, it's up to them. Beautiful. And what a beautiful message to pass on to your son. Mm. It is, you know, that mommy is for caring. Mommy is for giving hope to people. Mommy is for uplifting people. And he does the same. And he's only just four. He does the same to other kids. It's incredible. It's crazy. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful example of a woman. Do you have any real life examples of any challenges that you have faced as a parent? I think it was a bit earlier when my son was just a little bit over a year. I decided to take him to a gig. And when we went to that gig, that gig didn't start at the proper time that it was supposed to start. And we were there for most of the hours. And they wanted us to play even later. And I was like, "Mm mm-mm, my son. I first told him, like, no, we got to go home because now my son is going to get tired. And all of a sudden, he ended up being sick. 
Whilst we're still there, I was like, oh, uh, no. There's some stuff that I need to change. So even bringing the child to the gig, nah, I'm going to wait. So it'd rather be like very, very special gigs, rather be a day event whereby there's somebody who's even there to look after the child. Mm. That gave me a wake-up call. And I had to realize, no, I need to assess myself and face out myself. Like I said earlier, that family extended family played a very vital role so with me I just don't even hand them the child every time I have a gig so I speak with them let them know of my calendar make them understand that I will be leaving probably for the next week and a half and Mkulu and Gogo will have to look after Mwekezi and they will understand that everything has to be done way before time so when you're a parent you need to be a person with order know your schedule know what's happening you have to wake up immediately when you're a parent. We have to wake up because yeah. sometimes when you're not a parent and you're just gigging, it's just fun, 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 fun. Everything is just fun. You just want to get to the gig, do the gig. And then after that, celebrate, have, uh, have whatever fun you're going to have and then go home. But being a parent, it's different now. You come here. It's more music kind of change into more into work. Now the question is, this work that you're doing, are you doing because you love it or is it you're doing it just DJ? So I've learned that I had to be professional as well as a mother. Mm-hmm. My son has to know Guti. He has to know that. Sorry to say Guti because Guti means that. <laughs> My son has to know that um, mom is a singer, but also mom when she comes home, she's mom. Mm-hmm. So that I had to separate. How does he feel about your music? He loves it. Oh, ask him. So ask him his favorite band. He's going to tell you, son, I experiment. And his click is so bad. It's so funny. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> so he loves music. If you ask him, his favorite song is going to tell you about Baligile. He's been mimicking music ever since he was a little child. I think I have a video of him when he was like four months and he was sleeping with his tummy. He hadn't, he hadn't even started crawling and he was laying on top of a blanket and I was playing Begum Selig. Begum Selig is, is an amazing pianist from here in South Africa. And he actually comes from our hometown in Durban, in Lamonville. He's also honored everywhere in the world. He's an amazing jazz artist. Piano. He's the piano guy in South Africa. We were listening to his meditation. Whilst the music was playing, Mwekezi literally, you could see him, was playing with his fingers. Like he's playing the piano whilst the piano is playing at the same time. I was like, no, is this child understand music? How did you know that you play it like this? And it was these little, oh my gosh, with, with the baby sounds playing the music. And then a year after that, we went to the mall. He saw a guitar. He went crazy when he saw a guitar. I was like, I want a guitar. I had to buy it because the child was, for the first time, he threw a fit in front of me and wanted the guitar. Got him a guitar. Two days later, I was sitting in front of the steps, was playing, and he had, there's actually a memory of him. Yeah, this morning, I saw it. it I think it's two years now. There's a memory of him, of that moment. He actually wrote something, because I listened to what he was saying whilst he was playing the guitar. He kept on saying, it's important. He was just, not even two at that time. He was like, it's important and it's unimportant when people cry, cry, cry. Uh, then he says, people are tripping. I was like, no ways. That can't be a two-year-old. He said, it's important and it's unimportant when people cry, 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 for people are tripping. I was like, that's a two-year-old who writes that? 
He's a songwriter. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked. There's a video, literally, you hear him say that. That's I was amazing. shocked. I was shocked. But now still, he he's finding his own feet. He left the guitar. He's finding something else. Because I know a child changes every time. So we're letting him explore. We're letting him find himself. I just love his imagination and how he sees things. I think as well, that's also influenced by the music and the environment that he's exposed to. Because we're very free people. So he's free to think. He's free to imagine. We also let him imagine the world the way he wants to imagine it. So we... We just let him be a free thinker. Wonderful. Yeah. How do you think the industry could better support parents who are musicians? It's so hard to even monitor art or musicians. One minute, other people, they could be doing just, they could have the passion, but life, life can change you and then you end up not be that passionate as you were before. So uh, it's very hard to monitor as well. So I think it will be very hard for the government to actually pay attention on who is doing music right now and who isn't, who had a child and who didn't have a child, who got affected and who didn't get affected. So it's very hard to monitor. But it will be great if they had entities like Sambro, like Music in Africa, for them to even have like mama dada group musician type of setup, you know, or even a wing, you know, whereby people like us can go there and be like, uh, we're feeling overwhelmed right now, you know, can you help us? Uh, where I was today, I realized there are other people outside in this country, outside in the world, whereby they are there professionally to help professionals, especially to bring themselves back to a balance because it's very important to bring yourself back to a balance because sometimes we get so overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed by work. We get overwhelmed by COVID. We get overwhelmed by lockdown. We get overwhelmed by load shedding. We get overwhelmed by a whole lot of things. And sometimes you get overwhelmed by not achieving what we want to achieve because there are certain hurdles that we cannot jump over. And I realized that we need those type of people to help us out. So say, for example, Sambra Music in Africa, Gunte Institute, they have wings whereby parents who are also full-time musicians, when they need help and when they feel overwhelmed, and they are those people and those entities for us to go to. It's very hard. It's very hard. As musicians, we suffer a lot. We expose ourselves so much in front of people, but people don't know behind back doors how much we suffer. You know, you could give out the best, best show. People go crazy and they could cry. They could be rolling on the floor. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe what I just saw. And when uh, you're at the backstage, you're like, oh my God, I don't have anything. What am I going to eat? How am I going to survive this month? And people are going crazy outside. But we need those institutions to have such wings because they have the resources to even have people on call for us. Yeah. You know, we need people on call for us to help us to reach that balance. It's very hard to be a musician and then find balance because you already give a lot of yourself to people. How do you find balance back again? I've been so lucky and fortunate that I've been able to find channels for me to release. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I'm very fortunate. Do you think having a child has impacted your creative process? I think I used to write better before he was born. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. You're not the first person to say that, actually. <laughs> I'm being honest. <laughs> I think, um, yeah. But with my writing, I think I could write better before I was born. But with my performance, I perform better. After it was born, 
I think my light showed more after I was born. You could see, look, this is a woman. There is Kaliza, because that's what I'm called in the band. Kaliza means it girl, the, the lady you go to if you need anything. So I felt like, wow, I'm Kaliza. Is it because I'm Kaliza because I'm a mom? I don't know. Maybe it could be. But when it comes to writing, yeah, I was way better before I was born. My performance, I've been flourishing after his birth. Why do you think the writing thing? <laughs> I think it's very hard to express in a way. I'm more into immensing myself in the moment. Recently, I've been just taking mental memories. It's like, I'm not going to take a picture. I'm going to take a second, pause. This moment is it. Yeah. I just kept it in my mind, you know. So I've been doing more of that. I think that would allow me by the time when I say I want to write, a lot is going to come up. Yeah. That is going to come up because I've already piled up a lot of stuff in my mind mentally. Totally. I sometimes think about how we can only write when it's safe to do so. Mm. When the, these moments have passed. Also, I think about that and I think that when you have children, you have more to lose and there's someone to hurt mm. when you express yourself. So it's like it's almost a survival. And I wonder, I think this for myself, it's more a survival technique mm. that I don't even know is happening. But as you say, you store those moments. Yes. And then when the time is right. They'll come up. Yeah. They'll come out. Comes. They'll come out. They'll come out. I know if I was given that right sound, that right moment, music would come out. With me, when it comes to songwriting, I just don't sit and then I start writing a song. Yeah. Mostly my song will be influenced by the sound. That's how even the band started. Especially when it comes to my relationship with the acoustic guitarist, Tutebucho. He also now plays the bass because we lost the bassist. So the two guitarists, they swipe bass. So just so that we find balance. We always try to find balance. You know, something, sometimes when something doesn't work, you find another way. Yeah. Find another way. Look around and see how are you going to position yourself again. So long as the same people that are around you, the same circle, are tight and they're like, no, you're not going anywhere. So we're going to find something, how, how we're going to work. Because it's only recent now that you see us six on stage. We were seven not so long ago. But now it's just six people and we're just holding it all together. So that's the whole point. And does your son let you write? Uh, <laughs> or do you have to find other moments when he's not around? You know, it's fine. Umweketi respects our rehearsal time, respects our rehearsal space. Yeah. So once he starts hearing the sound of the guitar from the speakers, he's like, okay, now it's mommy and dad at working time. So I leave. I'm going to go and read or dad is going to help him read. So he's like that. Wow. He's like, he never disturbs when it comes to rehearsals. He's never been that, that child who's be pulling me with the skirt or whatever. No, uh-uh. Like, okay, this is mommy's zone. I mean, that is like a dream. For me, the children can be distracted and happy, and mm. the minute they hear a sound, mm. they come and they sit on my yes. lap. <laughs> or they put their hands on the guitar or come to play the piano next to me, and it's like, guys, I just want to write something. And then suddenly it's all mm. about them. Mm. He is not. He's not. I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie. He's not. Matter of fact, you think most of the time he's not around, and he is around until you ask, like, I'll call Mikety. And he comes peeking. He will literally pick. He won't budge in. Wow. Or ask, or literally, if he really needs my attention, he'll stand by the door, pick, and then be like, Mommy, like, okay, what do you want? Come in. He's like, mm -mm. you come. I want to talk to you. 
amazing. It's very strange. I'm I'm always surprised by that child every day. Every day he's got a different type of thinking. I'm even afraid to make a second one. Cuz it's not going to be the same child. <laughs> no, it's not. I can tell you that. I know. I know it's not going to be the same child. <laughs> yeah, she is like a whole different kid of fish. So I'm really enjoying this one. I'm going to let him grow. Maybe late. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. We'll see. When it happens, it happens. It will be perfect whenever mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. So now locally. Yes. Do you have a favorite artist or someone who's rising on the scene that you would recommend people go listen to? Who's rising to the scene. I have one person in particular. One thing I know is that she's not in this musical scene that we're in right now, but she's in another different music scene. Even right now, her voice is like ringing in my head. She's just an amazing, amazing individual. She's also a mom. <laughs> she's got two boys. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, she used to back Lucky Tube. Yeah. Uh, she used to be a backup singer for Lucky Tube. And she's about almost my age, if I'm not mistaken. Her name is Africa Kele. Africa Kele has this amazing, amazing voice. Oh my gosh, there's so many females. I mean, I'm going to start naming them. Africa Kele, what I love about her is the authenticity that she has. Like, she almost reminds me of Brenda Fass in a way, because she's very unapologetic of her voice and how it sounds. It's almost like it's a rusky at the same time, but it draws you in. There's another song by her. It's called, uh, can actually get it on iTunes and anywhere else. It's called I'm Burning. And the way she sings is just like, I'm burning, I'm burning. This is starting to jealousy. Oh my gosh, she sings so amazing. Oh my gosh, she's just driving me crazy. And I think there are other two why I speak about her is because I've met her and I've sat with her. We've had this amazing connection, me and her. And we both come from KZN. She comes from the south. I come from the central, which is Durban. She comes from south coast, from Mzimkulu, around those areas, if I'm not mistaken. And then um another artist that I could definitely say uh, that you can look up. I'm just mentioning females because, yeah. I think we, we need to conquer one way or another. Uh, another female that's really is a rising star. Her name is Amgelani. Amgelani, she's very lean in size, but her voice, her voice is based in Soweto. It's just that her sound, you'll find it in uh, a lot of house music, but she's got her own project as well. So yeah, I'll definitely say Africa Tele, Amgelani, those two. Amazing. I'm going to get those names from you and we'll put them in the show notes, the little links so people can go and listen as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually giving them something very different. So now, as we run to the end, do you have any advice for independent artists, particularly who are parents, to make this journey smoother? Because we know it's rocky. Mm. We know it's worth it. Mm. But do you have any advice? I think my advice would be get your family close to you. Your friends, let it be your real friends. Focus as well, as much as you put your time to your music, put your time as well to your child, because the child sees everything that you do. The child will grow up and be like, that really mommy and dad or daddy pay attention to me or where they pay attention to music. So I would say focus on both. Try and find the balance. It's there. It's there. It can happen. Everything's got balance. It's just that you need to find that right sweet spot. That's it. Find the right to sports and everything will work out just fine. So now, social media handles. Where can people find you? Okay, me as Buiso and Jogo, you can definitely just type in B-U-N-J 
O Y I, which is Bunjoi or Banjoi. Oh yeah, just add an I at the end. If you tap that, you literally find me anywhere. That is my username everywhere. And then the band Sankai Experiment on Instagram. We are Sun underscore underscore experiment underscore six but if you type santa it's going to pop up on facebook we are the santa experiment my manager who is also my partner we have a company called digging thoughts for anyone who's looking to find new inspiration or hear a different sound digging thoughts has a directory and you'll find different types of genres from different other artists that you've never heard of so digging thoughts on bandcamp and that's where you're going to see the variety of music that we have. If you're looking for a sound, it's Santa Experiment. You can buy the music as well. Oh my gosh, you'll be helping us out. And also at Casual Sex Store, you'll find the music as well there. And then all social media platforms, Santa Experiment is there as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming. Thank in. you, Tori. What an amazing, amazing time I had. I told you we're going to have a great time. Oh no, no, it's been a great time. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much. This episode was made possible by the Music in Africa Foundation, the German Federal Foreign Office, Siemens Stifting and Goethe Institute. The Music in Africa Foundation is a pan-African non-profit organization based in Johannesburg, South Africa, with satellite offices in East, West and Central Africa. Their mission is to support the African music sector through promoting knowledge exchange and creating opportunities and capacity for music professionals. I'm Shotgun Tori, and if you're an indie artist whose passion for what you do can inspire or fuel others, get in touch. I'd love to chat. You can find me on my website at shotguntori.com. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.